This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I'm Hugh and I'm here with Andy and together the two of us are two-thirds of the PO forecast, a podcast all about Portsmouth as you might guess as we're here to preview Portsmouth's trip to Spurs at the weekend. Andy how are you? Not too bad Hugh yeah always a pleasure lovely to be here for a, a game that's a bit something out of the ordinary for us this weekend yeah something a bit different from our normal Accrington Stanley away previews. Exactly. And if you do want to go and listen to the usual Accrington Stanley away preview, Spurs fans, hit us up on Twitter at PO Forecast. That's a very large proportion of their fan base. I've got no doubt. I remember when we were in the Premier League and I was always thinking, I wonder how Cambridge are doing this weekend. Exactly. <laughs> uh, maybe if like a hundred of you hit me up, then we can start providing a Dane Scarlet weekly update. What do you reckon? I think that could work, actually. Yeah. I mean, it'd be fairly short at the moment, I'd imagine, each week. But um, yeah, I think we could make a deal. You've got to be patient, though, for the good stuff, haven't you? When the good stuff comes along, you know, that'd be content. Oh, 100%. Yeah, if, if he's not recalled in, in January. <laughs> it's looking likely. Yeah. We'll get into that in a minute, though. So hold on for that sort of news. But all right, let's get stuck in. Cheers, Chris, for having us on the channel, first of all. We appreciate it. Uh, let's get cracking. So the first question he says is, how excited are Portsmouth fans about visiting, well, about the game, basically, on Saturday? I'm just going to say that we're pretty excited because we haven't really had a big away game against the Premier League team, against the top top side. And I can't remember, Andy, the last time we did, can you? Uh, it's been a few years, hasn't it? Yeah, the the bigger draws we've had have tended to be at home recently. So we had Arsenal at home, what was it, 2019 uh, or 2021, one of them, and um, had the Southampton at home as well. I won't use the other word for that club. But yeah, we had them at home as well. So yeah, we've not had an away day for a while that's been to a to such a big stadium. Um I'm expecting bigger things than, you know, the Gillingham away end. I'm expecting a roof, which is quite exciting to start with, puts it above some grounds we go to. Um, yeah, it'll be, it's a big day out. It's it's nice. Yeah, it's it's nice to be one of the smaller clubs at the moment going to a big team rather than at the moment we normally feel like we're the ones hosting smaller teams. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose we talk about being a bit of a distraction from the league at this moment in time, which is... Well, just a distraction of what's going on at the club at the moment. So I'll start this question off for you, Andy, now here as well, because I think it sort of leads in quite nicely. And Chris wants to know, Danny Cowley's left the club. How likely is it that manager's going to be appointed before the game? I'm going to say very unlikely. I don't know if you agree with that. 
It seems like it. We we heard a rumour that there was an interview today, at least one interview today, but that is not confirmed. And it seems likely that Simon Bassey is going to be leading the side, doesn't it, on Saturday? Yeah, yeah. So it looks it looks like that's going to be the case. Obviously, it depends if Pompey wants to go out to get a a manager who's already at a club that takes time, or if they do what they're probably going to do now, which is cheap out on a manager who's who's on a free. What do you reckon? I mean, the two names at the moment at the top of the list are Chris Wilder or Lee Bradbury. So sort of two opposite ends of the spectrum, not to badmouth Lee Bradbury at all. I'm sure he'd do a great job. But um, yeah, one of them comes with a bit more of a history of success than the other one, let's say, at the higher level. Yeah, if it's Bradbury, club legend, but I'm going to be going down Ipswich style throwing smoke flares onto the training ground in protest. So uh, please don't hold me to that. But... (laughs) Um, was it the right decision to sack Danny Cowley? It's quite oh, yes. a sad, sad thing, really, because Danny's been really good for the club, a great ambassador, and someone we all really wanted to work, really. But one win in 14, you know, res- results speak for themselves, really, don't they? And unfortunately, that's not good enough in, in football. Yes, one win in 14 in our last 14 league games. Last season, we had a run of one win in 13 during the season. It's just not form that is going to get you promoted unfortunately and as you say off the pitch he's everything you could want in a person and as a club ambassador just one of the best blokes I can actually remember being involved in our club uh, which to be fair from the last 20 years isn't a particularly high bar but definitely one of the best people I can remember being at the club and yeah very sad to have lost him but on a footballing basis it's kind of difficult to argue with it um, which sort of hurts me to say but I think it was the right call. Cool. Um, he he did specify before this cup game, and although it is a massive day out for us, I don't think it's a big deal. We are we'll get onto predictions later on, but we're expecting to get battered. So there you go, a little sneak preview in that sense. Whoever's in charge, that is. Uh, what have you made of the season so far? Who are your standout players? Or right, who should we look out for? Let's me let's me throw in the first one. Zach Swanson, Arsenal under twenty threes, uh, academy player who's picked up on a permanent deal two years. Uh, on a contract, has just come back into the side. Will probably play on the right wing back position. He's been out injured, which is correlated a lot. You know, it's a, a factor in why we haven't been playing very well on that side, having no balance. He's been great. He's been fantastic. Puts the ball in, works up and down the pitch, can dribble with it, and might be one of our better technical players. Yeah, I think that's fair. I'm sure he's going to be super popular with the Spurs fans as being an ex Arsenal player. But yeah, he's uh, he's. Looked solid since coming in. He's joined us on a permanent, which was quite exciting to have a young, promising, like defensive player coming in on a permanent to the club. And yeah, I mean, even in the last game against Charlton, which was a bit of a mess, the 3-1 home defeat that resulted in the Cowleys being sacked. Other than one moment where a bit of second guessing led one of our central midfielders to be sent off, uh, which was potentially due to... uh, due to Zach Swanson. But other than that, had a really solid game, was one of our better players. So yeah, I think you're right to highlight him. I'd probably throw Joe Morell out there as well. Uh, of course you would, on... being Welsh. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, I obviously sound extremely Welsh, but yeah, the, the Welsh blood in me is very loyal to my man, Joe. Um, probably only known really to Premier League from having watched the World Cup. Um, he was the one that Jude Bellingham shouted something at that got picked up on the, the pitch side microphones during the England-Wales game that we won't speak about. And yeah, he's he's done bits in midfield the last few games. He's looked good since coming back from the World Cup. I think first game back, he looked a little bit leggy. 
and then since then has sort of settled into central midfield. When when you look at sort of the injury issues we have in centre midfield with, you know, Lowry being injured, with uh, Thompson being injured long term, with Pack picking up quite a few red cards over, or a couple of red cards over the last couple of months, there's pressure on Joe Morrell to really be that rock solid part of centre midfield. So hopefully this will be one of the games that he manages to do that. And you'd think we're going to line up pretty compact, in which case, or try to line up pretty compact, in which case he's going to be a very important player in the middle of the pitch. Yeah, and when we've got quite limited attacking options generally, let's be honest, Mm. we're not going to be scoring a lot of goals in this game. and We haven't been in recent form anyway. Colby Bishop starting up front is by far our best attacking player. Good threat, good in the air, not massive but he's got a huge jump on him and he's good at getting in between defenders as well. Be interesting to see how he does against the Spurs defence, which, you know, Premier League defenders, we'll see who you play at the same time, but have been having issues recently, I suppose, under Conte. So I'd I'd like to see how he gets on there as well. And you also, you know, set pieces are going to be a big thing against a Premier League team when you step up as a League One side as well. So maybe at the back, Shawnee Raggett, maybe he can step up as well. Sean Raggett, one of our centre-backs, who sort of underpins the defence. He's going to be ripped apart by anyone with any pace at the other end. So it's, you know, <laughs> it's glory or, or die, Sean Ragger. Get yourself on it. Head, head it in the back of the net. He's famous for it. FA Cup. He's even got a postage stamp with his face on it. The thought of Sean Ragger getting torn apart by a Premier League attacking team is making me feel a little bit unwell while we record this, to be honest. Uh, yeah, if, um, if any of, if either of our centre-backs who are fit I'm assuming we're going to play four at the back. It could be three centre-backs with Ogilvy potentially as a left centre-back. But if Robertson's injured, it's more likely to be two centre-backs. If either of them get isolated, I mean, we're in Upper Creek without a paddle, really, aren't we? That seems yeah, very yeah. negative, Hugh. We might score loads of goals. We could win this 3-1. We're, we're doing ourselves a bit of an injustice here, even though we have just won one in 14 against Forest Green. I mean, I do sit next to a Spurs fan at work and I've been hammering it down that we're going to be battered by six, you know, just to make it feel better when it inevitably goes, you know, maybe five, five now, four now. Come on to that a bit later. Yeah. Um, Okay, let's go on to the next one. What have you made of Tottenham season so far? And your thoughts on Conte and Tottenham's performances, including the home defeat to Villa. I'll stop there a second. I know Spurs fans are unhappy. Me and Andy are not. Spurs connoisseurs when it comes down to how Tottenham are playing and there's plenty of you out there you guys go watch Tottenham more uh, we don't if I'm honest we do a bit but we're definitely not going to lend to be the experts so I'll say from an outside point of view it looks like Spurs haven't invested enough in the team this season to be competitive in the top four teams like Arsenal Man United etc just look to have better players on the pitch is my sort of analysis from that the wing backs for instance you've got just having a look at it compared to other teams, you know, Perisic is, is, is okay. He's got four assists this season, but at right wing back, and I know you've got Jed Spence as well. He's a player I did track a little bit in the championship because that is a league that we look at just in case we get that moment when Pompey actually do get promoted in the future. Um, good player, but surprised he went all the way up to play for Spurs. So he doesn't seem to be given that much trust as well. I also picked up your, your centre midfielders that, that you've got available. I noted the fourth centre midfielder that was that was noted available for the Palace game, which is actually playing now whilst we're recording for reference. So we don't have a clue what's going on in that game. Uh, it's nil-nil after a quarter of an hour. That's the man. That's why you're here. Is Harvey White. I mean... I was like just Harvey about White. to bring him up, actually, Hugh. I was literally just about to bring Harvey White up. That's Go uncanny on, timing. Take it over. No, I was just going to say, it's interesting to see um, 
if uh, if he features against us at the weekend, to be honest with you, because he was, I'd say he was a fairly pretty looking player when he came to us on loan, but struggled to make a huge impact on the games, like really do anything decisive or make himself stand out potentially because of his age and his, his sort of red, relatively light physique potentially got out muscled a bit, which is something that we're, you know, used to seeing at Pompey for over the last, well, maybe between 2010 and 2016 or 15, we saw that quite a lot at the club. Um, but yeah, definitely had potential, looked like an intelligent player. And I think, yeah, during the, the World Cup, he played in a couple of exhibition games, I think for Spurs from that extensive reading I did on Wikipedia just before we recorded. Oh, wow. And yeah, seems to uh, seems to be making a step up, which is good to see. And uh, hopefully his time at Pompey helped with his development a little bit. Fans definitely liked him. You know, there was a time when a lot of players didn't look like they were trying that hard. And Harvey literally was the one sort of pumping them up a little bit as well. And he looked very mature above his age. He got his first ever professional goal for us, I believe. Yes, I think he did. I want to say Oxford United. Let's say that. I'm not a fan. Are you just saying that because you live that way? No, no, I, I actually think it was. Like I said, I did, I did some Wikipedia reading before the pod. So if we're top well, work, actually, we all know yeah. how much of a reliable source that is. So I'm pretty sure it was Oxford he scored it. I think I remember the goal. All right, let's go on to the next question here. Because we're doing so well at that, aren't we? But Conte, <laughs> I think he'll walk, is my opinion, if Spurs board do not invest more money in the team. I think, you know, you I think could he could be right. Job. I, I mm. think we're getting towards, I mean, just looking at the league table it's getting towards that crunch point. It's kind of similar to League One in that you've got a bit of a breakaway group. And just looking at that top four now, obviously Spurs are in fifth on 31 points. Then you've got United and Newcastle 35, City 36, Arsenal 44. And United have got a game in hand on Spurs. So, I mean, Spurs, if they, well, if they win their game in hand, they are going to be what, a couple, three, four points off? If they lose that game in hand, they're going to be five, six points off the top four. It seems like the next three or four weeks, there could be a, a real gap forming between fourth and the rest, like the best and the rest. So pretty much, I'd say it's probably crunch time for this first season because, I mean, if you come seventh or tenth, I mean, in terms of the, the next season and playing in Europe and all that, it doesn't really make a huge amount of difference. I mean, the Europa Conference League isn't really what Spurs are going to get excited about, is it? No, not at all. But again, as we said, definitely not massive experts on Spurs. So you will leave that to you guys, really. Your favourite moments of previous meetings? I can literally think of one, which is the FA Cup semi-final, which I was there for. I was going to, of course, you jump in first on this one. There's only been oh. one really good moment, hasn't there? <laughs> that was just me leading it in with the question, wasn't it? I think yeah, that right. is literally it, right? When Red yeah. Matt was in charge, Kevin Prince both. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information, 
information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Tang, all the celebrations. I think remember Spurs fans were there predicting an absolute melt from Pompey, weren't they? Predicting an absolute whipping and we managed to do that and go on. So for me, that was probably the only major moment I can think off the top of my head. Yeah, same. I I wasn't at the game in person because I was in Cancun at that point on a... I was spring break, as you do when you're, you know, 18 rather than the boring <laughs> 31-year-old I am nowadays. Uh, yeah, I remember, I think I went to the, like, I think I showered or something at the start of extra time and missed the first 10 minutes of extra time. And then my mate who I was with was an Arsenal fan who was going absolutely mental, obviously quite pleased that Pompey were winning the game. And yeah, sprinted out of the shower in time for most of the, the second half of extra time or, or all of the second half of extra time. It was a hell of a day, wasn't it? It was a, a good time to be in an all-inclusive hotel, that was, and a bit of sunbathing and a few tequilas to celebrate. It's a good day That's out. <laughs> Jealous, mate, I'm not going to lie. But, you know, we could be doing some of that feeling now, couldn't we? Holidays to Mexico, mm. shots, oh, being it's great. Premier it was, League, um, Cup semi-finals. Do you remember that Icelandic volcano that went off that um, grounded all the flights? It was during that and we just got stuck there. It was a comp, like, extra nine days in Cancun because of the... the um, the volcano grounding all the flights. And then, yeah, as you say, the 2-0 win against Spurs, it was uh, it was a strong, strong day. And that's where all Pompey's luck went, to Andy and Cancun for nine days. Yeah, and since has never returned. Gradually downhill since then, hasn't it, in all aspects <laughs> yes. of the Portsmouth world. Can you tell us your thoughts on Dane Scarlett, please, Andy? The season so far, and do you think he'll break into the Tottenham first team in the near future? Great question. I... He started off well. I think he he showed more in about the first 45 minutes of his time at Portsmouth than a couple of other number nine sort of well, playing up top loan signings did last season. Case in point, Tyler Walker, who I imagine Spurs fans won't ever have heard of. And if you're lucky, you never will. Um, he's shown some real clinical finishing. There are a couple of goals he scored where you can see the quality is above League One, where someone plays the ball into him at the edge of the box, takes a first touch to sort of put the ball onto a stronger foot and then whips it either near or far corner. There's been a couple of goals like that where it's just a sort of a, a speed to it. It's half a second faster than what you're used to seeing in League One. Unfortunately, on the run we've been on, the level of service he's received has just gradually gone down in quality. I think you could say the same for Colby Bishop, to be honest with you, but... Yeah, for Dane Scarlett, those clear-cut chances he was getting and finishing have kind of dried up. And those sort of split-second half chances even just seem to be sort of sort of the, the coin flip lands the wrong way. You know, it takes one too many touches or the touch is slightly too heavy and the keeper just gets to it first. And it just seems like the run of the green has gone against him a little bit. Um, I'd say he's definitely better than a League One standard player or he will be in a couple of years for sure. Um, 100% championship level or will be in the near future. 
And there's no reason he can't really kick on. I mean, yeah, you look at Elliot, who's now, um, sorry, White, who's now around sort of the, um, no, I mean, Harvey Elliot, don't I? Yeah. Getting them all mixed up. Harvey White. I mean, there's too many of them. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You see him sort of sitting around the first team now, or at least around the squad on match days for Spurs. And I'd say that Scarlett is probably looking better for us than he did at this point in the loan. So, yeah, absolutely no reason. It's just a bit frustrating for him. He must be getting frustrated with the lack of service. And I don't blame him, to be honest. How about you? Yeah, I think also he started the season playing sort of quite a up-tempo, high-pressing mm-hmm. uh, system. And that kind of suited him as well. He, you know, he'll run, he'll press from the front. Our wingers are pressing. We're sort of pressing in in twos and threes, which meant that we we're turning the ball over quite a lot, high up the pitch which then meant he could sort of exploit his pace a little bit more as well. He runs into the channel as well. He chases things down. He's not bullied off the ball by, you know, playing against sort of 30-year-old bruising centre-backs in League One as well. You know, he can give it back quite well. I wouldn't say he's not like a target man, of course, but he can hold the ball up a little bit if, if needs be. He doesn't just get brushed off it, like you might think of strikers at his age. So that's all very promising. He's got that instinct. This is really hard to say, isn't it? It's not going to lose him, but you might think he gets recalled in January because, you know, you've lost the manager who who brought him in and that kind of thing. You see other players at the moment being recalled back in, in League One, Morgan Whitaker, who Spurs fans won't have heard of, but he's going back to Swansea. He's been a top player there. I've actually heard he might, he might be going to Ipswich, mate, by the sounds of it. Well, on a perm? Yeah. Oh. Again, That's more gossip no one cares about as a Spurs fan. But I suppose, I suppose at the same time, though, yeah, he needs to play in a team who are performing better, who are creating more chances. And at the moment, Pompey's expected goals is dropping through the roof and he's just not getting the opportunities really to score. All right, let's move on. Can you talk about the run of the FA Cup so far this season? Oh, Hereford, a, Andy. What a glamour Hereford. run it's been. What a glamour oh, run it's been. Oh, uh, we've had to battle it out, haven't we, to get to, get to this game? Oh, yeah. Um, Hereford away, in which we went a goal down. That was a classic, wasn't it? Yeah, we were 1-0... Was it 1-0 down um, after, what, half an hour? I think Miles Story, ex-Pompey player, scored. And then, yeah, thankfully, Pompey came back into the game and won 3-1. Wasn't a classic, if I'm being honest with you. I think that was it was on BBC, wasn't it? I think it was uh, the BBC Friday night game, maybe. Yeah, we were so terrible, weren't we, that we actually predicted a draw. I think one of our, our co-hosts is not here. Freddie predicted a loss. And I remember at that time watching the game and being like, oh no, we won't more nail down. So that sort of shows the confidence, I suppose, we've got as a team, <laughs> even in cup competitions, which has been our shining light this season so far, right? Yeah, something like that. As you said, it's a bit, it's a bit of light relief from the league form. And then you go into the game and you go a goal down to Hereford and you're thinking, God, I missed the league. I missed one win in 14. At least they were, you know, teams that we weren't quite as embarrassed to be a goal down to. But Hereford played all right. They just got tired, didn't they? And then... Second round, MK Dons at home. Do you want to take that one away? Yeah, I was there. And I can't remember the top of my head what the score was, but I know we won. Uh, so 3-2. There 3-2. we go. It was a close game as well. MK Dons, are they still second after beating us? Second from bottom, that is? Uh, yeah, they're in the rele- relegation zone. Who yeah. knows? They're in the relegation zone. Doing worse than us at the time. So it was a scrappy win. We still got the, got the win. Got through to the next round. It's not being very convincing. It's it's another goal we went sorry another game we went a goal down in both of those FA Cup games we went a goal down in and had to fight back and I just don't have quite the same confidence that if we go a goal down against Spurs we'll come back and win it to be honest with you I'd love to be proved wrong well you don't think that you don't think we'll come back and, and uh, smash it basically yeah it's the level of negativity I bring to our normal podcast isn't it I, it's just it's just awful for me you should back your back your team 
let's try and raise the positivity up a little bit to finish Andy what's your favorite memory of the FA Cup 1939 FA Cup final Wolves great day out strong atmosphere everything was in black and white um held the FA Cup for six years that's one of the Portsmouth bits of trivia isn't it that's we've right. held the FA Cup for the longest amount of time out of any club because of World War Two, and we've held the Checker Trade Trophy for longer than any other club thanks to COVID nineteen. So, so that's our so claims to fame. Yeah. So let's so hope yeah. that we lo- win this one, go on to win the cup, and see what other world event happens. Right? Oh yeah, bad things happen when we win silverware. Really, yeah. bad. they happen in threes, right? <laughs> exactly. um, no, I've, I'd probably. I mean, there's there's only a couple of big ones to choose from, I, I guess. But you'd either go the Man United quarterfinal. Um, at Old Trafford, the absolute, I mean, it was more than a smash and grab. We got, we had our pants pulled down for 90 minutes and somehow didn't concede because of the woodwork and off the line clearances. And I think it was Carrick didn't score from a yard out. And Oh, the the, 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 the Milan Barros dive where he literally just leaves his leg in to get a penalty. Well, it, it, is, was, it was a dive. It was the only time that Barros ever actually ran towards the opposition goal. He normally got the ball and then just ran sort of parallel like either sideways yeah. across the pitch. It was the only time he ran towards the goal and he got a penalty for it. But yeah, trying yeah, to that's, stay trying to stay on side, Milan Barros, he looked like the whole time, didn't he? Like yeah. he was trying to run the line to stay on side constantly. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd, I'll probably take that. And then you can, I'm guessing you're going to take the final. Yeah, let's take the final. Actually winning it, been there, 2008, Carnu, scrappiest one, getting Cardiff in the final, bit of luck there as well. There we go. Can't really do better than that. All right, predicted lineup and scores. This is a hard one because we don't actually know who's going to be playing really based on the fact that the manager's just gone. The system could change. We're playing different opposition. But let's give it our best go, Andy, and let's go for the lineup predictions. I'm going to go with a flat back forward. Do we agree? Yeah, I think I think we'll play 4-4-2. I, if Robertson was fit, then potentially we could play Robertson and Raggett and Morrison as three centre-backs. But... I can't imagine anyone who isn't a first-choice centre-back playing as part of a back three. So, yeah, four four two, 4 Raggett, Robertson... Uh, sorry, Raggett, Morrison, two centre-backs, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Ogilvy on left-back, Swanson right-back. Swanson right-back. And then in the centre, it looks like Marlon Pack is going to be suspended. He got two yellows in the last game, and obviously that equals a red. We're not 100% sure. In fact, I asked all our, our pals around the, the footballing industry, and people are still checking to make sure that's 100% right. So it's not just us, Andy. Other people as well weren't 100% sure if it carried over into this competition. That's all right. Um, I, it sounds like it does from what you said, uh, mm-hmm. which is contrary to what I said to a different Spurs podcast earlier today. So that's excellent news. I've given inaccurate information straight away. So we don't know who the manager's going to be. And we're naming an 11, an 11 that's got a suspended player in, which is good. But yeah, yeah Pac, well. if, Pac, if Pac's suspended, you think Morel Mingi? It's going to be Morel and Mingi, isn't it? It hasn't really got to be. Unless we're playing some sort of diamond and, and play Jacobs at 10, it has to be, really. If we're playing a flat flat midfield four, I don't know who else could start in centre midfield right now. We're so hmm. done over by injuries. With Dane Scarlett out, though, do you not think potentially, because he can't play because he's cup tied, well, you know, playing for you, do you reckon it's potentially play 4-5-1 or 4-4-1-1, effectively? Or well, have someone like Jacobs or Piggott behind Bishop. Yeah, so it'll be a modified or, 4-4-2. Or Rico, or Rico Hackett. Maybe Rico, or we might just play Josh Caroma again off the striker. <laughs> All right, let's just go with that. We've done the two midfielders. Right wing, I'm going to go Owen Dale. Yeah, it will by be. By far yeah. best player. Should have mentioned him earlier on. Most creative player. Yeah. All the metrics are best for him, including key passes, expected assists. Not really sure if you're 
Let's stick Chris that into football analytics. I won't babble on too much, but he is a player who is our most dangerous with the ball. Whether he can do yeah. that against Premier League players. Well, he's on loan from Blackpool. So in theory, he's championship quality, right? So yeah, he'll start on the right and then left. You think Curtis for the big game or do you bring Karoma in or do you start Hackett on the left? I mean, it could be any of them. That's that's the problem. We don't really mm-hmm. know what the bias is of this new first team coach. I'm going to say he just wants a bit of passion. So he just chucks Curtis on the left. Yeah, I think he wants someone who's up for it. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if we can swear on this, but um, he's a... Can we swear on this? Any idea? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't ask him. Uh, we won't believe, but it's, he's a something house, isn't he? He's the, yeah. he's the something house no, of the that. team. Shit house is a fine word. I'll say All right, that. that's fine. He's, a, he's the shit house of the team, but um, unfortunately, it doesn't always lead to much product. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I'm not really worried about that. And then up front, we're going to go with Colby Bishop, number nine, and behind him, I can go with Rico. I think he'll stop. I think he'll put Piggott alongside and play two up top. You reckon? I think so. Because Cowley hated playing Piggott. Yeah, Cowley's well, not the manager I mean, anymore. Cowley's not the coach anymore. I don't know if you've noticed you think, this week. <laughs> you think breaking news is going to change, yeah? <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get that's it. And score prediction, please, Andy. Oh, God. Um, I will go with... Uh, well, to be fair, last two times I can remember we've played Premier League opposition. It's been a 4 0 defeat. Uh, I'll go with a 4 0 defeat. I want to go 4 1. 4 1. You think we're going to nick one? Are we going to score first for the, for yeah. the limbs? We are. We're going to score first, then concede four. The, this, the, I reckon the, I reckon the next one will come back. You know, five minutes after scoring, we're gonna we're gonna concede straight away. That's what I reckon. Nice. Um, to be fair, while we're recording this, you someone's just written into the BBC live text saying Spurs are just embarrassing. Absolutely zero penetration in these dull, lengthy, slow attacks, and they're permanently <laughs> looking like conceding. Atrocious individually and as a team. How have we gone so far backwards? Results this season flatter us, and that's from Oliver, who's a Spurs fan. So sounds like us, but two divisions above. <laughs> Wait, is that now? Now we've heard from Oliver. Are we going to change our prediction? Uh, no, we're very good at playing teams back into form. So I'm sticking with zero we four. We are Spurs fans. If you're looking for. Something to turn your season around and convince Conte to stay. You're lucky you got Bobby on Saturday. <laughs> or this could finish him off, either or. Anyway, Chris, thanks for having us on the channel. Appreciate it. Check us out at PO Forecast if you want to hear something about Dane Scarlett. Cheers, guys. Take it easy. Easy. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.